My favorite joke in the whole world is what do you call cheese that isn't yours? <laughs> nacho cheese. <laughs> so when I heard nacho kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get in on this. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 174 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. That's right. I cannot believe we're at 174. I know. We'll be at 200 before long. I know. (laughs) 26 more weeks. Six months. I don't know. Maybe we should start recording every day. No. <laughs> no. We'll get there faster. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that, David. We'll do 26 in a row just to get to 200 every day. So let's let's talk about speeding things up. Oh, Lord. Because there are certain things you can do to speed up progress, but not everything works well when you speed it up. Well, I know when I'm in a hurry and try to speed things up, I make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or like I did one time when I was younger, something said, you know, put it in the oven for 300 degrees, 30 minutes. I'm like, screw that. I'll turn it up to 500 degrees and do it in half the time. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a good thing. So, yeah. But think about that when you're working on some of your family challenges. You can't just blow through the solution for a lot of these things. It takes time. It takes time to understand how things are going. It takes time to learn the proper processes, to gauge the reactions and responses you're getting from other people, and for people to see the difference and feel the difference that things are making and then respond accordingly. So it's you can't. You can't just... For example, jump into the academy and blow through all the courses and then say, all right, I got it. Um, Everything's going to be great tomorrow. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Well, that's also like the challenges that we have, the 30-day challenges. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they are 30-day challenges. Yeah. And we we constantly have to tell people, don't try to do more than one at a time. Don't try to work ahead because, I mean— Everybody wants to do it. I would want to do it if I got in there. That's, you know, I want to hurry up and get it done. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. The reason why they're structured the way they are to take the amount of time they do is because you're trying to change your habits and you're trying to create new, better habits. And it also takes time sometimes to let things sink in and and to have that self-realization that only comes from thinking like you've got to literally stop and think about things, and I think there we go. This is I think. funny. I think yeah, I think that uh, that's a kind of a lost art in today's world. We're so rushed, and everybody's got so much going on and so much to do that just sitting down and allowing yourself to think and process it's not something that most people do anymore, especially with the boot camp challenge that's in the academy. A lot of that's not, I don't know how to say this, but it's not fun stuff to go through. You're Mm -hmm. addressing things that hurt you. So by speeding through it, you're not letting yourself feel and heal from the pain. Mm. Yep. So that's your lesson for today, folks. Don't always try to speed things up. Yep. Somebody right now is like, I wish I could speed up this part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to us on 2X and we talk really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. We have lots going on, y'all. First of all, we've mentioned the Nacho Kids Academy to you. I read a post in the Facebook group a minute ago that said, I hate being a stepmom every day. Mm. And there's a hundred comments. Me too. Ditto. Me too. Why are you people that are struggling not trying to get help? 
join the Nacho Kids Academy. Let us try to help you. Do the challenge. Do the Nacho Kids Boot Camp Challenge. Just do that one challenge, and you will see a difference. Mm-hmm. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you join and you email us and say, hey, this isn't for me, can I get a refund? I'll give you a refund, which actually costs me money to give you, but that's okay. Because if it's not for you, it's not for you. But please don't just sit there and complain about how you hate every single day of your life and not try to get help. Yeah, because at some point I'm going to say, well, you choose to be that way. Right. So anyway, briefly, the Nacho Kids Academy, we have video courses, we have Q&A calls, we have an anonymous community, and we have three different month-long challenges. We have the Nacho Kids Boot Camp, we have the Change Your Stinking Thinking Challenge, which is great, by the way, and the Self-Care Challenge. So there's lots of stuff in there, over 20 different video courses, oh, and over a hundred hours of previous Q and A calls to listen to. Mm-hmm. So it's worth you forty nine dollars, people. Promise yep. you. Yep. Okay. Also, this weekend, I'm so excited, but I'm scared. Why? It's, what are we doing? It's throwing tomatoes at David weekend. Well, maybe it's supposed to rain. Exactly. So there's a hurricane looming. So there's a high likelihood that this is not going to happen. <laughs> my dreams are crushed. You know. don't know. I've been practicing my throwing arm. God's looking out for me. <laughs> I've had dreams about this. Yeah. Like this was one thing that I've looked forward to. So what's the plan if it rains? Then it's all canceled. Just canceled. Just I mean, I don't know. I got to go to a meeting tomorrow afternoon about it. But as of right now, it looks like it's just all going to get canceled. I don't know if they're going to move it and try to do it another time. But, I mean, you know how much time and effort it takes to plan something that big on a, on a single day and then to come up and say, okay, you know, three days before, okay, we're not going to do it on this day. We're going to do it on this other day. It's, well, well I mean, God, I don't know. God, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> I wasn't being spiteful or vengeful or hateful when I wanted to throw tomatoes at David. So if you could just hold off that rain, we'd greatly appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> All right. So we'll let y'all know how that goes. I will take pictures if we have it. If not, David, you've already ordered the tomatoes. I didn't order tomatoes. Well, somebody ordered tomatoes, so there will be tomatoes somewhere. I'll throw them at you in our backyard. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Just to give our listeners a video of it. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's for them, David. I'm surprised you didn't say, we're going to do a live stream, and and we're going to set up like a, you know, (gasps) Patreon account, so you can donate a dollar for every throw. And every time we get a dollar, I'll chunk a tomato with David. (laughs) I'm surprised you hadn't done that. David, that's a perfect idea. No, it's not. Okay, you've already got the tomato throwing thing set up. <laughs> I just need to plan this. Okay, I made a okay. note. We're Move good. right along. Okay. Speaking of things to speed through. <laughs> you said don't speed through things. <laughs> Our guest today had a birthday recently. Her birthday was actually Tuesday. Tuesday? Jackson gets so mad when I say Tuesday. <laughs> He's like, it's Tuesday. I say, no, it's Tuesday. <laughs> so, Ashley Gerhard, we would like to wish you a very happy belated birthday. That's right. All right. So, Ashley has been blending for three years, living together about 15 months, three step kids, four bio kids, and she is a coach. And her business is called Phoenix Parent Coaching or Phoenix Transformation. Cool. She also comes from a blended family, which made her think that she had one step up on this blended family mess. Yeah. Been there, done that. I can do this. Yeah, exactly. Well, since David told me I have to hurry up, I'm not going to tell you anything else. But y'all need to listen, and there will be a link to her website in our show notes. All righty. And David, will you sing happy birthday to Ashley? 
Happy, happy birthday, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ashley. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? That is my terrible uh, Elvis impression. (laughs) Oh, I would have never even guessed that was Elvis. Elvis Costello. (laughs) (laughs) Something. Surely not that sexy Elvis that I remember. No, not that one. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, we've told you about the Nacho Kids Academy. We told you about the tomato throwing that I'm praying won't be canceled. And we told you about our guests. So it is time, folks, to get to listening. Yeah, please. Well, she asked me to do something else. (laughs) Today, we have Ashley Gerhard from Phoenix Parent Coaching. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Lori. How are you? Doing well. Good. Before we talk about your business, let's talk about you. How long have you been blending? How many stepkids, bio kids, all that happy stuff? All that happy stuff. (laughs) We are a big old Brady Bunch. My partner and I have been blending for three years. We've been living together, though, for about 15 months. So we're right in the thick of the adjustment period still. We have seven kids from ages. I'm going to round up because we have a lot of August and September birthdays. Okay. So from 18 <laughs> all the way down to seven. And we have some overlapping ages. So we have a son who is 18. We have two daughters who are 16, a daughter who is 14, a daughter who is 12, a son who is 12, and a daughter who is seven. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. All the time we are tired. So how often do you have the stepkids? The stepkids are here about 40 to 50% of the time it shifts from month. To month, and it's a pretty flexible arrangement. So, lots of covering and switching is an option, and we tend to go with the flow. Okay. And what about with your bio kids? The bio kids are here a little bit more. We're trying to work our way to 60, 40, or 55, 35. We're trying to push that direction. There's less flexibility in this arrangement. So, we're on a pretty rigid every other weekend, and then they do see their dad a couple nights a week as well. Okay, but you do have them the majority of the time. We have them 100% of the school days every week. And that, as you well know as a mom, is pretty impactful. Yes. Girl, that's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. I also come from a blended family. So this has been an interesting education, (laughs) I'll say, because I've seen step parenting from a lot of different angles. My whole life, I've seen what it was like for my mom to be a stepmom. I've seen what it was like to have a step parent and navigate that relationship as the child. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting to see the other side of it, being the step parent, being the bio parent, trying to parent my own kids while also you know, understanding that this blend has created a huge shift for all of us. Yes. Well, let's start with you as a kid. All right. So I am one of 10. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have seven sisters. So I I do talk a lot about sisters, sisterhood, and um, just the, the relationships there because they've been so impactful for my own life. And as you can tell, I had a lot of sisters. I have a lot of daughters. So that the theme of like the the girls growing up in our family is something that I get really impassioned about. Not that I don't love our sons and I'm not passionate about them, but I definitely have a different, you know, that perspective. It's linked as, as a woman growing up in this environment as well. So I have two brothers. <laughs> and they're all biological. No. So in the and this my my family growing up my family of origin is a little bit unique because i my parents met when my parents being my mom and my stepdad met when i was 3 okay and so i don't really remember a life before blended family and that means that my idea of family is very rooted in the blend itself right Um, So the order that it goes is I have three step siblings from my stepdad's first marriage. He was married again and had three more. 
And then he met my mom who had three and I am the second of those three. So in my birth order, I'm the first daughter, second child. And then they had one together. And that's also a, an interesting part. I don't have that perspective in my my family now. We don't have an hours, if you will. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, we we've come to um refer to and and love and think of all of our kids as ours, but we've just begun to define those roles a little bit differently after discovering disengagement and nachoing. And I love, first of all, my favorite joke, I should have said this at the beginning. (laughs) My favorite joke in the whole world is what do you call cheese that isn't yours? (laughs) Nacho cheese. (laughs) So when I heard nacho kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get in on this. Then I kind of looked up what you guys you really meant by that because I saw your social media and I saw that there's some confusion yes. a little bit or an opportunity for some confusion. And I think it really comes down to the intention. Mm-hmm. But the things that really resonated with me for Nacho Wing is that it creates space to identify why this stuff is triggering me in the first place. Right. Yes. And how to identify those triggers, avoid them if you can, and how to cope with them better if you can avoid them. Yes. So I really do agree. I believe not showing is a healthy coping mechanism and just a tool. And parents need all the tools. We need all the tools that we can get. Yes. And this is just one more. So I love that. Well, thank you. The other thing about your kind of mission and and what not showing really means that was very, it helped shift my perspective is that my role, even as a parent, my role as a step parent is to support my partner first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means not getting the result or the action, let's say, that I think should happen. Right. Yes. You have to support them as a parent. That's absolutely right. And I think that that really became clear to me when my partner said that he felt judged. Yes. And I never intended to be judgy. I actually thought I was pointing us back to all of the conversations that we've had together, you know, like where we decided these would be our ultimate like ideals, but we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a real world Mm -hmm. with co-parents who have their own set of ideals and values and they don't always line up. That's just the real world. Yes. And you were three when your step-parent came into the picture. Is that right? Or that's when your parents split up? No, they split up when I was very, very little, one or so. And then my step-parent came into the picture when I was three. How often did you see your dad? I'm assuming you stayed with your mom. I stayed with my mom, and I do not actually have a relationship with my biological father. So that's another interesting thing, because I didn't have a second home that I went to. Right. But my step-siblings did. So that was, you know, a unique dynamic. One set of kids stayed and had one very consistent lifestyle that was interrupted sometimes by other people coming in. Mm -hmm. And that for sure contributes now to some of the things that I find triggering about being a step parent. Right. Do you think that some of your experience as a stepchild jaded? how you thought that your blend would be? That's a really, really good question. I appreciate that question. I think yes, for sure. (laughs) And not necessarily all in a negative way. I think first and foremost, I felt completely prepared to do this. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not an atypical family. That's just a family. And it's different to navigate, but let's be honest, parenting isn't like a garden. (laughs) Well, it's a garden with a lot of weeds and bugs. (laughs) Okay, so it's not just the flowers. Right, right. 
it's definitely a mixed bag. And the same is true for step parenting. So I guess in some ways I was a little overconfident mm-hmm. because I thought, oh, I've been doing this my whole life. Right. But again, it's different when it's new people, new players. And then of course, in the negative, I, you know, I'm very sensitive in certain areas, especially it seems if I'm being honest, ways that like, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's a positive or a benefit to my bio kids when they're being like, there's two sets of standards, right? I'm when they're here or when they're not, because I'm sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that my kids very clearly have learned because their experience is very different. They know life pre-blend. They had a whole, you know, life prior to blending. Right. So they have a, a different concept of what family is from the beginning. And then they understand like, well, yeah, there's a change when different people are here, kind of like what I just said, different players, different people, Mm -hmm. they have a much better intuitive sense of that. And sometimes my sensitivity is not just sensitivity, it's overreaction. Right. Yes. Well, I hate that you didn't have a relationship with your father because I know that has had to carry a weight with you. For sure. I think it really actually, that is something that definitely became more clear to me post-blending my family now, because there is, again, just there's life pre-blend and post-blend, but for me, I didn't have that. And I also didn't have more than one safe parent. And I feel like that's so important specifically because I did suffer abuse in my step-family relationship. So I feel like having that outside perspective is always healthy. Having two safe parents, bio parents, is always healthy when it's possible. That being said, we don't live in an ideal world, and that was my reality. Right. Did you call your stepdad dad? Yes. So he was a father to you. Yes. I would say it was not a relationship without complication. It was not a relationship that was like confused that he was my stepdad in any way. It was still a step relationship, but I didn't have anything else either. Right. So how long had you and your ex been split up? when you started your blend? We had been split up for about two years. Okay. And how long had your current husband been split up from his ex? So we're not married. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Just putting it on the table for honesty purposes. We are not sure if that's something we're going to do again for all (laughs) all of the reasons, but we are committed forever partners and doing this thing together. He had been split up for about a year longer. So I want to say three years when we met. Okay. But you said y'all just started living together about 15 months ago. Mm-hmm. We had done a little bit of, uh, he was in an apartment and I was in a townhouse. And I mean, we have so many kids. I know. We have so many kids. So it just, we had gotten to the point where first and foremost, our kids love each other. And that is such a blessing, such a blessing and something that I do not take for granted every day of our life. They love each other and they love to spend time together. Right. But that means we needed space. That is a blessing, 100%. Yes. I think it helps that they're so close in age. Mm -hmm. But even since we've met, you know, one of our daughters and son were nine and now they're 12. And that's such a like that's so much growth that happens in that amount of time. So like we went from little, little kids and now we're entering like adolescence, the like full on teen years. Right. Right. So, so much has happened in such a short time. And we really did enter into this with the intention of becoming as 
you know, homogenous as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that we didn't put a lot of thought into what that looks like for our individual roles. Right. Do you parent his kids? That is the biggest thing that I am working on <laughs> is, is not. And I'll tell you why, because to me, my, the most important thing that I am on this earth to do is parent. So again, for me, it's, just a shift in my definition of what that is. I had such a narrow definition of how to parent before we blended. Mm -hmm. And now it's so much more expansive and includes so many more options, so many more tools and so many more coping mechanisms. Right. And you thought you were prepared. You thought that you had this. Oh, I thought I had it in the bag. <laughs> Isn't it Especially funny when reality slaps you in the face? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anytime you get overconfident, we should we should question why. <laughs> yes. But I really do feel that ultimately when we when we're talking about, you know, creating a homogenous family. All that really means is that we are prioritizing connection with our kids. Right. With each other, with ourselves. Oh my gosh, as a parent, that's like the hardest thing, prioritizing connection to yourself. Yes. So many stepmoms lose themselves in the blend. Absolutely. I know I did. And as a regular bio parent, I mean, it's such an easy thing to do before you add all the complicating layers. Yes. And and to be fair, how do you, and this is something that comes up in my parenting journey all the time. How do you be intentional? You put the effort, you put the time, you put the energy, even in disengaging and stepping back, that takes more time and energy, in my opinion than doing what you're used to doing. It does. And a lot of people will say, oh, you're just using this nacho thing to get out of helping. It's hard to nacho. Oh, it's way harder to nacho than to not nacho. Right. But it does get easier because it becomes a habit. (laughs) Yes. Like everything that we do, the more that we practice it, the easier it becomes. Exactly. And you're going to have setbacks. You just have to realize, okay, no big deal. Just move forward to the next day. Totally. And that's, again, I draw these parallels because I think part of the suffering with blending is like, we feel so other, like nobody else is as bad at this as we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just absolutely not true. Right. Everybody's bad at it. Sometimes everybody's amazing at it. Sometimes. Yes, exactly. Like everything else. So true. But the pressure put on, I'm going to say stepmoms in particular, because I think there's a lot more pressure put on stepmoms. It's so unrealistic and it causes the stepmoms to feel like they're less than or they're bad or just the evil stepmother because they don't fit the societal role that you've got to love them like your own and you knew what you were getting into and all that mess. Oh, you knew what you were getting into. I love that. Does anybody ever know what they're getting into with anything? No. Literally anything in life. You think you know what it's like to get up and go to work every day. You don't know what it's like until you get up and go to work every day. Right. And your job that you were hired for could change. Yep. New players, new characters, new New roles. Right. So you, I don't think you ever know what you signed up for. No, but I think that you can remain committed to certain things. And I think that's different for everybody. For me, it's, I've already said this a bunch of time, connection. It really is connection. And I don't think that connection is possible without love, compassion, and boundaries. Yes, any of those three things missing, and it's just going to go out of whack. I completely agree. When I say those things, love, compassion, and boundaries, 
that really starts with ourselves. And I am a yoga teacher. So (laughs) a lot of the things I say do come through that yogic lens, but how can we offer anything to our partner or our kids bio or blend if we don't have it within us to source it from? Mm -hmm. So we have to be constantly aware that if we want to love on our kids, we have to be giving ourselves love. If we want to be compassionate to our kids and we have to be compassionate to our kids, it's a requisite. We have to be compassionate with ourselves. Most of the time when I hear the negative stuff coming out of my mouth, mm-hmm. it's very in alignment with the negative stuff happening in my mind to myself. Yes. So offering that compassion, but it's not just all rainbows and butterflies with love and compassion. It takes a healthy amount of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about boundaries for a second. A lot of times when you start creating boundaries, you make a lot of people angry. Yes, 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 and yes. (laughs) It's so true because boundaries don't always feel good. We know that because we don't like when people have to enforce boundaries with us. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember that boundaries are about what we can tolerate and not what somebody else is allowed to do. Right. There's a distinction there. So let's talk about something very common in my household is eating in bedrooms, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Because kids are messy. Kids are messy. Yes. There is a boundary in our house. And for a long time, I thought that boundary was you may not eat in your room. I have had to learn that the boundary, I can have that rule and I can try to enforce it to the best of my ability, but the boundary really is, I am not cleaning up your nasty room. Mm -hmm. And then that involves kind of a natural consequence because if you eat in your room and you don't clean up after yourself, guess what you're doing this afternoon? Yes. You're going to come home and you're going to clean your room. Or at the very least, you're not going to be able to, you know, do whatever it is that you're texting me from the school bus asking permission to go do. (laughs) Right. Now, what if it's your stepkid that's eating in their room? But it's the same thing. It's no different than has the same standard where that's, you know, you chose to eat in your room. And this really is about the support going both ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Does it always work out? No. And then what do I do? Not my problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He can work out how to, you know, enforce the coming home or not coming home. He can work out having the same conversation over and over again. And really what I bring my attention to in these moments, because I don't know if this is like an Ashley problem, (laughs) a human problem, a stepmom problem, but When that happens, it does trigger me. It makes me angry and I physically get activated. Mm -hmm. So in my nacho moments, I don't just throw my hands up and go in a bedroom and pout. Okay. Sometimes I do. Let's be honest, Lori. Sometimes I do (laughs) for a minute, but it provides the opportunity for me to do some redirection to my own nervous system to regulate myself. Mm -hmm. So in those moments, I have five things. They're like my go-to nervous system regulation. And this is helping me to deal with not being in control. Ooh, Mm -hmm. should I say that again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's me coping with not being in control. That's a life lesson that I'm learning in all areas of my life, not just parenting. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing. I tell people all the time, when I learned a nacho, it changed my life, not just for the blend, but my life in general. It's so true. I think because ultimately nachoing is practicing acceptance. And a lot of self-development. Oh, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to be very aware in order to accept yourself. 
Right. And learning to pause, look at things differently from a different perspective, having more compassion. Instead of getting irritated at the lady at the drive-thru that's kind of rude, think to yourself, wonder what she's going through. And again, it just starts with our, our inner voice. Yes. So when you're frustrated with yourself, are you saying, I wonder what you're going through, self? Right. Most of the time, I'm not. No, we beat ourselves up and then we start spiraling off one negative thought. And 30 minutes later, we're depressed and in a funk because we've just beat ourselves up for 30 minutes. That's right. And so how could it possibly be surprising that the same thing would happen if we think about our kids, bio and blended in the same way? Mm -hmm. So we have to stop that. We have to interrupt it, say, not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) We like to say not your responsibility because they can be your problem. Oh, that's so true. I I mean, personally, if I'm being super honest, I usually say not my circus, not my monkeys, Mm -hmm. because that's just the sort of atmosphere that we have. You can imagine with seven kids, it actually feels like a circus. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) But like circuses are happy and exciting. And in my mind, anyway, let's maybe that's not the reality, but there's a lot of that. And I think the thing about nachoing is it allows you to fully absorb all of that good stuff when it happens. Sometimes it's once a month. Mm -hmm. It's a glimmer of hope. And then other times it's like every time we're together, it's awesome for a whole week. You know what I mean? We have a mixed bag both ways, but really stepping back and saying, okay, I'm not going to engage with these things that are dragging my family down. Right. But I'm going to super focus on these things that are great, that are edifying, that are really rooted in connection, love, compassion, and boundaries. Right. And if you focus on those good things, not that you're putting a blind eye to the bad things, but it helps you put that into perspective. Those bad things aren't that bad. How many times do you look back and now I'm just asking as a curiosity, how many times do you look back on something that you were so upset about and with time or perspective or new information go, that was such a waste of energy? Girl, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many, we're going to say years, I wasted being mad about dishes Yeah. Laundry, dirty floors. To be fair, those things are never ending. (laughs) Yes. Yoo-hoo's. I remember the Yoo-hoo incident that I had with two of the stepkids. And we laugh about it now. But we have a pudding incident. (laughs) Everybody has their incident. Yep. But it was something that it was horrible. And I know it affected me for a full week. Yep. And not just you, because one thing that mom said when I was growing up is that moms are the heart of the home. And I think I might've internalized that a little bit too much to an unhealthy level at some point, but there is truth to be gleaned from that. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that means instead of maybe the heart of the home, because that feels like a lot of responsibility it is, but maybe like the thermostat of the home. Yes. That's what Melanie Anthony refers to it as. (laughs) Yeah. Like we set the tone. Mm -hmm. We really do. And that's true for both our external environment with our blend, but also for our internal environment. We set the tone with what we choose to focus on. Right. Right. And so much of that is what we put into our brains or our minds and what we tell ourselves. You've got to stop that negative thinking. And if going through a Facebook group only fires you up and gets you more angry at your stepkids. Stop doing that. Oh, heck yeah. There's so much. I can't tell you the number of like social media accounts I joined because they were, they were central, you know, to blended family life. And later I unfollowed because I realized it was just toxic negativity. And listen, I'm not here to say that I never have had a bad thought or a negative thought about any of my blended family members. But here's the deal. 
I can't sit here and say I've never had a negative thought about any of my bio family members either. Yeah. That's just relationship. Right. Yes. But it's different and it comes across different when it's your stepkids versus your bio kids. Yeah. And I think that's why really the one thing between partners has to be that we understand that we are not opponents. And when it starts to feel that way, maybe not showing each other for a second, you know, take a break. If it feels like you are opponents with your partner on a parenting issue, Mm -hmm. take a break. (laughs) Right. Yes. Nothing good is going to come from that. It's okay to take a break. It's better for you and everybody else. It's super healthy. Mm -hmm. And then come back to it when you feel... And maybe it's three days, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a whole month, whatever time you need to actually tap into that in your body and say, do I feel like I can be a partner? Mm -hmm. That's when you come back together because that's when real collaboration and magic happens. Nobody wants to be forced into anything. Right. And that's another thing. People, again, we're going to say stepmoms, but well, no, I'm not going to say stepmoms. Because the bio dads can do it too. They want to force these relationships with the step parent and the step kid and even the bio kids and the step kids. They want to force it and you can't do that. You're damaging it. Yeah, that's so true. Relationship in general just doesn't happen under force or pretense. It is based entirely on connection. And what we can do as parents And that's kind of what we have to focus on, right? Is not what we can do, not that loss of control, but what we can do as parents is provide a lot of opportunities to connect. Right. I found that that usually has to happen on the kids level, not on the parents level. You are so right. So you have this business, Phoenix Parent Coaching, also the Phoenix Transformation. Yes. So Phoenix Transformation is a big umbrella for a whole bunch of really exciting things that we have going on. Um, I'm writing a book. It tells my story. I We really didn't even talk about a lot of the things that happened prior to my blended life that have led me to this point that I'm at now. But I did mention that I had experienced some abuse and I didn't really start dealing with that until about the same time as my divorce, Mm -hmm. which you can imagine is like overwhelming on its own, but then to throw divorce into it. And a few months after I moved out of that family home with my four kids, I was diagnosed with a rare medical condition and it impacted my life so much. And ultimately I donated my kidney in November of 2020 in order to resolve that uh, rare condition. So the book is about that, but it's also about the healing that happens through finally dealing with my childhood. And not just for me, because what I really learned is that everything that happened to me has happened to women in my family. And so many women that I talked to that it really has just led me back to how important it is to cultivate that relationship with yourself, that love, that compassion and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the book is about. I also have a podcast. One of my bio children is a co-host and it is called Ako Taco Convos. So we have awkward conversations and our hope is that by doing this, it provides an opportunity for other families to have these same awkward conversations and maybe they'll be a little less awkward or at least they'll be funny and there will be something for them to connect on. Ako taco what? (laughs) Ako taco convos. So awkward conversations. (laughs) I love that. Of course I love it because it's got taco in it. (laughs) And who doesn't love tacos, right? Mm -hmm. So we are getting ready to begin recording and hoping to release before the end of the year. And then within that, 
Phoenix transformations, I mentioned I am a yoga teacher. So I do offer yoga lessons both in person. I live in Northern California, but also virtually as well as yoga and healing retreats mm-hmm. and one-on-one life coaching specifically with parents and I say other leaders, but generally my work is with moms who are really becoming aware that parenting is a mirror being held up to themselves and that they have some things that they need to work through. Yes. And there's so much to this parenting based on how you were parented. That is so true. And now I understand, again, having an educational background in psychology that most of that is really conditioning mm-hmm. <laughs> and people don't always love to, to peek under there, but when we get brave enough to is really when circling all the way back, we begin to really understand the root of what's triggering us mm-hmm. and driving us to those unhealthy coping mechanisms rather than being able to step back. And just have like a healthy sense of acceptance. Like this is real life. I am having my boundaries that make me feel good about living in my life. But I don't have to go to whatever those conditioning things were. Right. I know my mom was a yeller. Mm. (laughs) And I never thought that I would be. But I noticed that I started doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I have to mentally say, whoa, you know, that wasn't effective with you. What makes you think it's going to be effective with your child? It's so true. And then we have a choice to either stay there and beat ourselves up. And sometimes I've been known to do that. Like, oh, why can't I just stop yelling at my kids? I woke up with the intention. I'm not going to yell. And then within 25 minutes, they, <laughs> they're late for the bus and I'm yelling. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. Did you ever see your mom take a pause? No. Take a couple breaths to regulate herself? Nope. She was just wide open hatefulness. That's right. And no, no you know, negative thing to our parents. They are operating with what they were conditioned with. Mm -hmm. But that is the point is like our response of yelling is conditioning. Right. Because we weren't modeled or taught how to regulate our nervous system. All we were taught to do is how to get louder to get somebody's attention. And it might be effective. Sometimes my yelling gets my kids moving. So it's an easy, quick go-to. But, and this is a big but, I lost connection. Mm -hmm. And if my priority as a parent is connection and it is, then that's not effective parenting. Right. So true. What would you say the hardest part of your blending has been? Rules. I feel like that's probably true for most families. Yes. Just because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you really don't even know, like you don't know what you don't know when it comes to how people are going to really act when all the pretenses fall away and you're like really living life. In fact, that is one mantra that my partner and I use over and over and over is everyone is just trying to live here. (laughs) Yes. That's really what it is. They just want to live comfortably in their house. Mm -hmm. That's true for the kids. It's true for my partner. And it's true for me. We just have different ideas of what comfortable is. (laughs) Yes. If you see the stepkids do something, quote, quote, wrong in your eyes, do you let your husband know? Yeah. And that has resulted in me that I feel like that is the one thing that contributes the most to me feeling like a wicked stepmother mm-hmm. is when I have to tattle on my kid, on my blended kids. You don't like to call them stepkids, do you? I don't. I don't love the word step, but that's probably more my conditioning coming, growing up more than our blend here. But I definitely see that <laughs> it comes out in this setting. I don't call because I don't, but I don't call my 
bio kids, bio kids. Like we just call them their names. Right. Or like, actually we are big nickname people. So like one of my blended kids is small fry to me and she will always be small fry to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of nicknames too. And I think stuff like that is, I would file that in healthy coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. because we're creating our own family culture. And that is something we can do. We don't necessarily get to choose how people show up to that family culture, Mm -hmm. but we can definitely be the type of people who give our kids loving, positive nicknames. Yes. That are rooted in connection, never like ridicule, never mean nicknames. That was something that happened in my blended family growing up was like kind of mean humor. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. So we try not to do too much of, you know, there's definitely some poking that happens mostly sibling to sibling. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we are so lucky in that area. It's not usually like a bio versus blend. It's more like bio versus bio. When your stepkids and bio kid say they're fighting over something, Mm -hmm. do you find that you have to compose yourself and not automatically jump to the stepkids at fault? Sometimes. Sometimes I can be a little bit, it depends on, (laughs) I'm going to be super honest. It depends on which kid that is. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe. Maybe I need to look into that, but it, it really does. If it's the kids that are generally more likely to go out of their way to make a problem and it sounds more like report than a tattle, Mm -hmm. my mind probably just jumps to like that, that kid probably did that, but that's true for kind of, you know, I'm going to call them our spirited children from both sides. Right. And to be fair, that's just like historically accurate. Yes. I know we had an incident where one of David's nieces would always interrupt whoever was talking. And so her mom had got on her and said, when two adults are talking, do not interrupt unless it's an emergency. So I think it was me and David and her mom were sitting there talking and I saw the little girl walk up And she just stands there, and I'm thinking, oh, she's doing good. Not interrupting. And then a few minutes later, she's still standing there, and something told me, no, I might need to ask her what she wants. So I asked her, I said, hey, um, what's going on? Do you need something? And she's like, yeah, Jackson just got ran over by the (laughs) four-wheeler. Oh, no. Yeah, that is a – and that's risk one, right? Yeah, we were like, why didn't you interrupt us? She said, because it wasn't important because he didn't get hurt. He's okay. (laughs) Well, she could have started with the he's okay, but. (laughs) Yes, but it's funny because you don't want your kids to tattle. Yeah, but you need them to know. So we we do try to, you know, remind them, like, is it a safety issue? Right. The seven-year-old, and it's age appropriate, but maybe getting to the edge of it. You know, she definitely is the the worst tattler. And to some extent, we do have to take time to recognize that she is telling us her feelings. And I'm a big proponent to let people have space to tell their feelings. Yes. The line is drawn at what action you expect me to take. Exactly. And are you honoring the boundaries? You know, am I sitting at my desk trying to work? That's probably not the best time for you to come tell me that, you know, It's hard because kids think everything is so important and we have to remember that as parents, like their world doesn't include, you know, paying bills and war and all these huge things that we have on our shoulders. It is like when their flower pencil broke, that kind of ruined their life right at the moment. Yes. Or little Johnny ate three ice creams and they know he was only supposed to have one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Especially for rule followers. And I have a couple of them. Mm hmm. I know I was a bad child. I would tattle on my sister for anything I could. Well, it was okay if it was my dad, because I'm daddy's little girl. You know, I could do no wrong. But I told on my sister for smoking one time, and she was probably 12. 
I got a whipping for tattling. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to tell you next time she does something because you just showed me what the response is going to be when I tell you that she's doing something bad. Yeah, discipline is a weird, I mean, that's just punishment. I I can't really get down with that, but discipline is challenging. It's weird. That makes no sense to me. I'm sure it made sense at the time to your dad. But Well, my dad, he would never say anything, but my mom was the one that punished me. Oh, she yeah. was the disciplinarian. My mom could beat me within a half inch of my life, and I would just stare at her. My dad can wiggle his big toe because that's what he does when he's upset, and I would cry. <laughs> There's always one, there, one or the other. If you have that, you know, two available, there's definitely one that's a source of fear and comfort. Mm-hmm. comes from the other. And it's probably because I was telling on, you know, my older sister, of course, and she was my mom's favorite. Mm. So it's, how dare you tell me something bad about her? Yeah, sounds like your mom could have really benefited from some nervous system regulation. My mom could have benefited from a lot of things. <laughs> but that's not, I mean, your story is unique, like mine is, but we're really not special in the way that like, we sometimes need extra tools. Right. So whether it's listening to podcasts that help you normalize your experience and let you know, like even just talking with you, it's so good to know that I'm not alone in experiencing these things. Yes. When I say I'm going to be really honest, Mm -hmm. it's nice to know that there's no judgment on the other end, because when you're really honest, you're having the same types of challenges that make you doubt yourself, that make you question if this was the right thing, that make you, you know, go to all of those places and to know that, oh yeah, if I step back from, from all of that and really redirect to, okay, am I getting what I need? Am I getting what I need? Am I giving what is needed? That's not like all us up in their business all the time. Right. The things that we think are a basic right in this house, love, compassion, boundaries, and connection. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm involved in that for the blended kids. Sometimes they need to go do something with their dad by themselves. Yes. Most often, if there's discipline, they need to go have some time, some connection with their dad one-on-one by themselves. And that's so important to remember. And I know a lot of stepmoms, they get upset or they get jealous because their significant other is spending a long time with the kid. Don't be jealous. Be thankful. Number one, that's something that the dad or the bio parent should be doing. They have to have their time to have that special bonding moments with those kids and it's not a diss against you at all. I think as stepmoms, it's hard to realize that it's actually not about you at all. Right. Like you are not in the equation at all because you are not a part of a dad's relationship with their kid. Mm-hmm. You can support it. Yes. 100% you should support it. And that looks like a lot of different things. You know, that's communicating. That's really getting on the same page, there's work behind supporting each other. Yes. But it doesn't mean that you're like always there and it's easy to get jealous because let's be honest, we love our partners. Right. <laughs> we signed up to do this with them because we dig them. We should. And I think it's harder for stepmoms that don't have kids of their own. Yeah. For me, when David would want to go take his kids to do something, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Any kid, any kid, if you take any kid out of my house for any amount of time, I'm like, oh, that's a nice breath of fresh air. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But that's also parenting for some amount of time. My oldest bio kid is 16. So I'm not as disappointed about missing out on a second with my kid. But guess what? I've only been with my partner for three years. Right. So sometimes I do still want to, you know, we want to do things together. And I really think when we get in that danger zone of parenting our stepkids, Mm -hmm. it's the compassion 
there for ourselves comes from understanding. Yes, of course, there's a part of me, if I'm honest, that is sad that all seven of these aren't mine and his bio together. Yeah. But that doesn't make space for the reality that three of my children would not exist were it not for somebody else. Right. Exactly. And I have to honor that, that their other parent on both sides is a part of them. And that is the beautiful uniqueness of them. So really taking, you know, that idea that we could just be one big happy family and not saying, okay, we have to throw that out now. Mm -hmm. We can't be one happy family. Heck yeah, you can. You just got to get real clear on what that looks like. Right. And sometimes it's like a Venn diagram. Yeah, all the time. I mean, a blended family is a in its simplest form of Venn diagram. Yes. My son has relationships with his stepbrothers. The stepkids and I have a relationship outside of that. We have a relationship inside of that. So it's it's just big messy Venn diagram, but it can be beautiful. Yeah. And just it's more of like a instead of like hard lines, it they're kind of wiggly. Yes. It has to stay flexible. It has to stay fluid. You have to understand that what worked yesterday, and again, this is parenting, not blended family parenting. What worked yesterday isn't going to work tomorrow. What worked with one kid may not work with another kid. Mm -hmm. By the time you do something with one kid and go through a phase that by the time your next kid goes through that phase, they live in a different world entirely. Mm -hmm. We have to have space for all of that. Yes, exactly. Well, tell everybody again where they can find you. The website's www.phoenixtransformations.org. Okay. And then all of the social is linked there. I have a blog. Pretty much everything that I do is really about that nervous system regulation. I use yoga. It's just one method to access the nervous system and to influence it. But my passion really is to help moms look at the things that are going on, find out, you know, what their values are that drive where they want to go and then help them do that in their real life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about blended families. It's so, so important. It is. And I love the fact that your daughter is your co-host with your podcast. We interviewed with a lady the other day and her daughter is the co-host of her podcast. I said, that's awesome. That's so amazing. I just, you know, I've said connection a hundred million times and I really, it's always about connection for me. And I just am so excited to have this like really special thing with her. Yes. And you'll never forget it. We'll know we'll have proof of it. Exactly. Better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again. And we'd love to have you back on one day. Thanks. Me too. David. Lori. I'm a little sad. Why are you sad? Because I might not get to throw maters at you. Are you still on that kick? Yes. You do not understand how excited I was. It was almost like winning a miniature lottery. How often does a wife have the opportunity to chunk tomatoes at her husband's face? I don't know, but maybe that's a business idea for you. Like bring your spouse and chunk tomatoes at them. That's a great idea too. Yeah. So instead of an escape room. Or a smash room. You know, they have those smash rooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what we do is we bring bring them in. We, we like, tie them down to this board, and you can throw vegetables at them. Well, that sounded a little we'll bit. Call, we'll, <laughs> call it the, we'll call it the vegetable vendetta. <laughs> Have you seen the video on Facebook where they take those, I call them the Q-tip things. Yeah, the pugil sticks. Whatever sticks. they are. It looks like Q-tips on both ends. <laughs> and this man and this woman, like, they beat the snot out of each other. That'd be me and you. And then the guy's going, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) So she starts picking up the thing you stand on and hitting him with it. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) She was tearing him up. Yeah. That would be me and you, no doubt. I wouldn't even play with you.
Why? Because you don't realize your own strength. And even when you pinch me, sometimes it makes me want to cry. Oh. <laughs> it hurts so bad, David. It hurts <laughs> so bad. <laughs> All right. One other announcement, y'all. October the 8th is coming up. That is the Stepmom Collective in Santa Barbara, California. We will be there via video. So check it out. Go to nachokids.com slash stepmomcollective CA2022 for more information. All righty. All right, David. I'm going to go pout. You do that. Well, I need to know who ordered the tomatoes. I don't know, and I wouldn't tell you if I did. Well, I know there's several people in that Rotary Club that like me, and <laughs> they will tell me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know more than five people that would tell me. Okay. All right. So I will be contacting them, and if nothing else, I will get some tomatoes. Hey, I probably got six rotten tomatoes in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> You're not throwing tomatoes at me. I am. All right. I don't care if it rains Saturday night. You are getting tomatoes thrown at you. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Tell the folks bye. I don't want to tell the folks bye. (laughs) Quit threatening me and tell everybody (laughs) bye. They're supporting me, David. Don't be upset. Nobody's supporting you. They are. All right. Have them email you. All one of them. All one of them? Yep. All right. Two people that are listening. Please email me and tell me that you wish you had the opportunity to throw tomatoes at your husband. Oh, okay. Well, that's different than me. I, I, just, I just need two. Okay. Then I need two people to email me and say that you wish you had the opportunity to throw tomatoes at David Sims. Or to see you do it. Or to see me do it. <laughs> we'll go with either one. Either one because it ain't going to happen. Uh-huh. You watch. And you can't email yourself from two different email accounts either. Nope. Come on, y'all. Help a sister out. I just need two of you. Two. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to today's show. Join me next week when I will be unscathed by tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, life is good. When you get to throw tomatoes at your husband. Oh, I'm sorry. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.